Blog Talk Radio. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. children can run free so take my hand and walk this land with me and walk Happy Shabbat and welcome to Yada Yada Radio. My apologies uh, to one and all. We uh, are beginning actually 30 minutes early, which uh, from Atlantic time where I am in the U.S. Virgin Islands is 30 minutes late. Not that that uh, should be confusing to anyone but me. But when I did uh, bring up the studio uh, this evening, which I did about an hour and a half ago, um, it said that our next show was not scheduled for an hour and a half or so from that time, but seven days out. So I did my best to create a show for this evening. And because the time zones are also very confusing on Block Talk Radio, my first attempt had one starting three hours from now. And my second attempt uh, is this one, which is starting this show, which I am now finding out is 30 minutes early. but uh, at least we are live. I'm uh, I'm glad we're uh, we're here. Happy uh, Shabbat to you, uh, Kirk. Um, Thank you. We have, Shabbat shalom uh, to you. Yeah, we really are are beginning a very interesting uh, discussion uh, in our review of Zachariah. We're we're in the second of uh, I think it's four or five chapters on uh, Kippurim and the. Um, uh, Moed Appointments Volume, I think it's Volume 6 of uh, Yada Yahweh. And the passage we were on it the, as the program came to a conclusion last week was, and so then Yahweh will legitimately receive and possess his own, Yahuda, as his mm-hmm. apportionment of the ground. He will choose Jerusalem once again and forevermore. That's just a provocative statement because uh, first Yahweh gave Yisrael and uh, Yahuda is a portion of Yisrael, one of the 12 tribes allotment of the uh, of the land. 
to his people. Uh, it was a contingent gift, however, in the sense that uh, it was an inheritance to heirs. And so to be an heir, you have to be part of the family. And unfortunately, and for, yeah, yeah. for most of the last uh, 2,500 years, Jews have not been part of the family. They have completely ignored Yahweh's name and the covenant. As a matter of fact, they've convoluted the covenant in rabbinic Judaism such that it is a covenant with Judaism as opposed to a yeah. covenant with Yahweh. So Yahweh is reclaiming Yahuda. Now, he's going to resettle Yahudim and Yahuda, but he is reclaiming it as his own. Mm-hmm. And he's also choosing That's- Jerusalem uh, once again and forevermore. Now, Jerusalem is going to uh, play a significant role as we move into what is, oh, I would suspect, among the most misunderstood, misappropriated prophecies in the uh, whole of the, of the Tanakh, um, which is uh, Zechariah 3. I, you know, I would include Zechariah 4, which is about the, uh, the two witnesses, but it is uh, written in such a way that I don't think many people even make an attempt to understand it. So therefore, mm-hmm. it's not misappropriated because uh, they just don't have the capacity to understand it. But in mm-hmm. this particular case, uh, what God is clearly saying is that he is uh, uh, reappropriating uh, Yehuda, uh and its capital, <coughs> Jerusalem. And if I were guessing, I would say that, that there are two reasons that this is occurring. First, I've just mentioned that... Uh, Yahudim and uh, Israel have forfeited the right to the gift, the inheritance, because they have forfeited their position within the covenant. Uh, Yahweh is reestablishing and reaffirming the covenant with Israel and with Yahudim. And so it is his now to give back to them as they mm-hmm. uh, return to him. And second, Yahweh is going to reestablish uh, Dod. As the king of all Israel, he is going to rule from Israel, from excuse me, from uh, uh, Jerusalem, uh, Yehuda, mm-hmm. and so Yahweh is reclaiming it to give to his son. The next line this is the uh, the last in uh, in the second chapter of Zechariah, which means to remember Yahweh reads, "Choose to be quiet." All who proclaim the news, Kol Bashar, from before the presence of Yahweh, because he is ready for action from his set-apart dwelling place. Now, there are not many times that God tells us to shush up. Actually, this is the prophet speaking to us, Zachariah, but mm-hmm. Zachariah is saying, okay, the time for talking is over. Yeah. Now, remember, every word of Zechariah pertains to a single day. Yom Kippur, year 6,000. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, 
October 2nd at sunset and Jerusalem in 2033 would be the day of reconciliations in year 6000 Yah. And so the long period of time, long from uh, your and my perspective, uh, perhaps uh, mm-hmm. Kirk, uh, short yeah. from Yahweh's, but we've already spent 20 years devoted to Teruah. And upon the fulfillment of Yom Kippurim, <laughs> we're, job. Uh, we're, we're washed out. <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> and that's okay. And so, oh, absolutely. So it's time to be quiet. It's time to yeah. listen to Yah and, uh, and stop uh, speaking. And by the way, in this particular job, I, the fact of the matter is I am quiet and listen to Yah. Uh, six days and uh, 22 hours a week and only an hour and a half a week do I yabber on. I mean, this job is about listening to you. That's like I just finished. uh, It took me a long time, uh, but it was really worth the uh, the time. for the fifth chapter of Volume 2 of An Introduction to God, almost the entire chapter is devoted to the most amazing speech I have ever read, I've ever considered. And it's Moshe's speech in uh, Dabadim 4. And so for day after day after day, I'm sitting in this chair, and I'm listening to Yahweh. I mean, I'm listening mm-hmm. to Moshe speak on behalf of Yahweh. So that's basically what we do. But we we do publish these books because we want to speak to uh, Yisrael and to Goyim who are interested in becoming part of Yisrael. Um, but uh, there is a time when there'll be no more talking and we'll all be listening to Yah. Uh, Kol Bashar is a, is a, a term that uh, Kol people don't have much of a problem with. It means uh, all and that's all all means. Mm-hmm. But Bashar is a term that people have a tough time with. And, and I think the difficulty is uh, derived from uh, Pauline Christianity, where Paul uh, it became a Gnostic preacher and wanted to distinguish between that of the flesh and that of the spirit, with the flesh being bad and the spirit being good. And God makes no such distinction, but the closest Hebrew word to flesh is Bashar, but that's not his primary definition. The primary definition of Basar is to proclaim the news, to announce the message, to make something known. Uh, and by the way, that, that claim is not hard to verify. If you look in any Hebrew lexicon and you look up Basar, you'll see that it has a primary and secondary meaning and that its primary meaning is to announce a message, to proclaim news, to make something known. Yeah, so choose to be quiet. Exactly is, yeah. The report. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's there. It, it's it, it's verifiable. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, sir. Then it says, so choose to be quiet, all who proclaim the news. That uh, So he is not telling everybody that they need to shush up, but Teruah is about proclaiming the news and announcing the message, and he is telling us that it's uh, it's time for us to uh, to deal with retirement from before the presence of Yahweh. Why? Because Yahweh is now arriving 
and okay, there are prophets who spoke eloquently about Yahweh's presence. I don't think we're wired for it. I I do not think that you and I would have any chance of doing anything but saying wow or oh my god it's we're yeah. we're just not going to be coherent when Yahweh returns to earth and uh, you can't say in all of his glory cuz he can't do that he'd incinerate no. the planet but but no. enough of Yahweh okay. coming back yeah. to be exceedingly impressive and I, he's going to speak for himself he does not need us he, it's it's funny when you say does not need us he actually does need us now, and in a way, he needs us then. It's just in a different way. And by need, uh, Yahweh created the universe and conceived life to have a relationship uh, that was family-oriented with his creation. And so for him to work alone defeats his purpose. So the only way he can achieve his purpose is to work with us and through us and alongside of us so he does need us to fulfill his intent because it says he is ready for action. Oh, by the way, it's, uh, there is, that's the nicest way that you can render or he's agitated and stirred up, set into motion and his, uh, from his set apart dwelling place. So that's the conclusion of Zachariah. Uh, the second chapter, that's Zechariah 2.13. Again, every word of Zechariah is devoted to Yom Kippur. So it has been a long time since Yahweh spoke directly to his people. 2,435 years or so. Mm-hmm. We've had the, the prophets, and they have been sufficient taking us to the moment of Yahweh's return, even a little bit thereafter. But soon we will have a direct conduit to God, able to converse with him at any moment in time. And Zechariah's advice is, eh, to get started, folks, use your ears rather than your lips. So let's review where we have been on the last couple of shows as we have uh, made our way through the second chapter of Zechariah's summation reads. Pay attention. Come right now. Flee from the realm to the north and everything you may have treasured and thought meaningful, prophetically declares Yahweh. Come home, folks, from Europe. Mm -hmm. Come home from... um, uh, from United States, yeah, the United States, all of those kinds of, uh, of uh, places. For I have scattered you like the four winds of the heavens, prophetically announces Yahweh. This is Zechariah 2.6. Now, I want to interrupt this a moment just to let folks know. Now, after all of this time and having logged on to Blog Talk Radio uh, two or three hours ago and seen no show booked. Now there was a notice on the the studio screen saying (laughs) that our regular scheduled show is ready to start in 15 minutes. (laughs) 
What? Does it, do we Thank transition you, right into Thank it? You, or? Blog, Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. I appreciate uh, that very much. Bless, bless her. Keep taking uh, Oi. Blog Talk Radio. Oi. Oi. This is God speaking. Oi. I am warning you. Escape to Zion. To the signs posted along the way. Those living in the environs associated with Babylon. Confusion through commingling. For this is what was conveyed by Yahweh of the spiritual implements. There are two exoduses. Yatsai is the Hebrew word for exit. It means to be withdrawn. Um, and the first was from Mitzrayim, which was the crucibles of political and religious oppression. The second is from Babel, Babylon. And Babylon bears a lot in common with Mitzrayim in that there is a geographic Babylon, which would be the lands poisoned by Islam, where the 10 of the 12 tribes were uh, taken off into captivity. <laughs> there is religious Babylon, which is both Roman Catholicism, which grew out of the beast of imperial Rome, which grew out of the beast of Greece, which grew out of the beast of Persia, which grew out of the first beast, which was Babylon itself. And there is the Babylonian Talmud, and lastly, there's political Babylon, which is the United States. And so the second exodus is God is calling his people home from the north out of Babylon, which means confusion through commingling. And if I may be so bold, mm-hmm. to be called out of Babylon is to be called away from the Bible. Yes. Because Babel is the Hebrew word that is now rendered Bible. And it means yes. to confuse with through commingling. Its uh, component no. parts are Babel, which means with the Lord. The Lord is Satan. Next, and without hesitation, after the glorious appearance, he sent me to the Gentile nations who have plundered and victimized you. <laughs> so Yahweh has returned. And Zechariah, witnessing our future and our past, says that immediately after the return, Yahweh sent him as a witness to examine what was happening in the Gentile nations. And what God is saying is there's going to be recompense. Those who plundered and took advantage and victimized Yisrael and Yahudim, Jews, are, uh, are going to pay a price. He has to do that to be fair. This is because he who touches you, especially if they assault or antagonize you, they are provoking and abusing his little children from his viewpoint, whom he adores. You know, it's not good to antagonize dad when dad is gone. Mm -hmm. No. You may want to pay attention because I will wave my hand and they shall have their possessions confiscated by those they treated as their slaves. This is likely still Zachariah speaking. And so Yahweh sent him not just to be a witness, but as a participant in recompense. 
he's going to wave his hand. And that which they confiscated is going to be taken from them and returned to those whom they enslaved. Again, this is shades of Mitzrayim, where the Mitzra uh, granted the Hebrews uh, recompense as they were leaving the, uh, mm-hmm. the black lab. Then you will know that Yahweh of the assembly of spiritual uh, envoys has sent me. Sing and rejoice, daughters of Zion, for behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, prophetically announces Yahweh. As I was uh, translating uh, Debatim 4, Deuteronomy, the fourth mm-hmm. chapter. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a prophetic statement there that tells us that males, men, are going to be few in number. Now, that's not among Gentiles, amongst Israelites. Upon the remnant and upon the return of Yahweh, they're going to be very few men, which makes this even more provocative that that on the the timing of Yom Kippurim, he's speaking of the daughters of Zion. Now, I think mm-hmm. that this actually conveys two things, or maybe three. Yeah. One of those three things is that, uh, that rabbinic Judaism is male-dominated. It's misogynist. And because the rabbis are men and they created the religion on behalf of men, and it is men that, that forced their children and their wives to participate in it, the men are not going to be responsive. That's why of the Jews who are part of the covenant family thus far, the majority of the mm-hmm. Jews who are covenant members are women. They are more receptive to Yahweh's message than are the men. The second is it's going to be a bloodbath on the way um, uh, to this point, it, yeah. and a lot of the men are going to be killed in, uh, in war. So I, I, I think there's a number of reasons that this is the case, but it was certainly made clear in the prophecy in Debatim 4. And numerous Gentiles shall engage in the relationship with and accompany Yahweh at that time, and they shall become my people as part of my family. <laughs> I, I um, think yeah. that there could be as many Goyim who are ultimately part of Yahweh's covenant family as there are Yehudim. And that the number of Yehudim that are ultimately going to recognize Yahweh and accept his name upon his return is going to be few. Mm-hmm. And um, that this reference to Gentiles is because relative to the Yehudim, uh, we are going to be a significant um, number, number yeah. in the family. Yeah, I will live and remain in your midst, and you will realize and appreciate that Yahweh of the assembled uh Uh, assembly of spiritual envoys has sent me to you. And so then Yahweh will legitimately receive and accept his own. Yahudah, 
as his apportionment of the earth which is set apart. He will choose Jerusalem once again and forevermore. Choose to be quiet, all who proclaim the news before the presence of Yahweh, before the appearance of Yahweh, because he is ready for action from his set-apart dwelling place. So that's the second half of uh, Zechariah 13, which takes us, or 2.13, uh, as where it concludes, and it mm-hmm. takes us to a very curious, con- a very curious conversation. And, and I can appreciate the fact that you mentioned before the show that you've, mm-hmm. uh, you've checked uh, so many different lexicons uh, and, uh, and commentaries to find out what other people have concluded because it's the first time I've been through this material where, where I, I'm quite confident I understand its purpose. Uh, and its mm-hmm. purpose can only be understood from the proper perspective, which is that every word of Zachariah is speaking about a, a single event, the fulfillment of Yom Kippurim. So that is why we're going to read uh, what we're going to witness. Now, the participants are Yosha, who is Yisrael's high priest at the time, Satan, Yahweh, and one of his Malak. That's quite a, uh, a cast of characters. <laughs> crow, crow, crow. Yep, you've yeah, got yeah. Uh, Yosha, who is a high priest, who is being accused by Satan, and God says, yeah, 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 he's, uh, he needs to be cleaned up some. He, he's not looking so good. Um, Yahweh, Satan, and one of his malak. In it, the adversary is saying that the high priest is so corrupt that he can't possibly serve in the divinely appointed role during Yom Kippurim. Now, most people don't even know that there is a role. I, I was uh, confused on this. I think it, it, um, that it wasn't uh, until Mike Biotti uh, finally uh, mm-hmm. got my attention on it because I was of the conclusion uh, uh, initially that uh, uh, that the Ark of the Covenant uh, being underneath Golgotha uh, when Yosha served as the Passover lamb that the his blood would have dripped on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, which was in, it probably still is in, uh, Yermiah's, Jeremiah's grotto, directly beneath where uh, Yosha fulfilled Pesach. And so I was saying, you know, so that the earthquake happened and the blood dripped, and there you go, you've, you've got the fulfillment of Passover. But the blood of the Passover lamb is not smeared on the mercy seat, the Kaporeth of the Ark of the Covenant. Kaporeth is from Kapar, which is the basis of Kaporem, which is the plural of Kapar. So the mercy seat, Kaporeth, and Yom Kaporem, same word. Mm-hmm. And it is on Yom Kaporem that the blood, and it happens to be of a, uh, of a scapegoat, uh, a goat is uh, smeared, a sprinkled, if you will, on the mercy seat. So again, we're going to be talking about the fulfillment of Kippurim, 
which has a very specific set of criterion that need to be adhered to. And Yahweh is not going to fulfill the most important day on his calendar from his perspective inadequately or incorrectly. So there's going to be some blood smeared on, uh, on the Kippurah, the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And Yahweh is going to find someone qualified to do it. Guess who? God would all roads lead to Dode. <laughs> all roads lead to Dode. Isn't that the truth? So it sh- should um, uh, Yosha, then uh, the, the the high priest at the time, be disqualified from sprinkling blood as a sign of atonement upon the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant on behalf of the nation. Yisrael would remain unreconcilable upon Yahweh's return. So that's why we're going to see Satan accusing Yosha as the high priest uh, because if he's unqualified, which he is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then uh, Yisrael cannot be reconciled. So while God concurs that the high priest and his entourage have no prophetic credentials and are corrupted and perverted, he allows one of his malach to cleanse him such that he can do his job. By so doing, Israel's standing with God can be resolved with this conversation pointing to the ultimate fulfillment of the Moed upon the restoration of the temple and mercy seat. So while there's no misunderstanding... The individual presented symbolically in this meeting is Yosha ben Yausadak. Yosha ben Yausadak. It means Yahweh uh, is right. Uh, mm-hmm. Because Yahweh right. is justified and correct. The uh, Sadak, so Yosha is Yahweh liberates and saves, and uh, um, the he's the son of Yahweh Sadak. Sadak is to be right, to be righteous, to be vindicated, uh, to be acquitted, to be correct. Mm-hmm. So a high priest served this particular man, Yosha ben Yahweh Sadak. Uh, he served from 515 to 490 BCE. Mind you, this is around the time of Zachariah. So Zachariah knew this fellow. Mm-hmm. Upon the return from Babylonian captivity, he was the first afforded the opportunity to reconstruct the temple, Yahweh's Bereth, uh, home. And it was this timing uh, coinciding with the restoration of the temple that made Yosha an ideal symbol to convey Yahweh's intent. And while we do not know much about him, we are told that his sons were unfaithful and married outside of the covenant. So, that's basically all we know about him other than he came back from Babylon. We begin with the symbolism. Then he, Yahweh, showed me, Zechariah, Yosha, Yahweh liberates and delivers the high priest, 
Ha-Kohen Ha-Gadol. Present before the spiritual implement, Malak, of Yahweh. Ha-Satan, the adversary, Satan, was standing at his right side in opposition to him, accusing and antagonizing him. That's Zechariah 3.1. And Yahweh said to Satan, Hasatan, the adversary, Yahweh has decided to rebuke and reprimand you because he finds you abhorrent, Satan. Yahweh wants you to know that you are wrong, Satan. Yahweh, the one who has chosen Jerusalem, the source of guidance on reconciliation, to censure and criticize you. Even though this fellow, this Yosha ben Yaosadak, is a bent stick used to stir the flames, who will have to be snatched away to be spared from the fire, which means from judgment. Wow. Hmm. That was uh, Zachariah uh, 3.2. So the presence of the Malak is pertinent to the story because we see him communicating and acting on behalf of Yahweh. Their role in Shamaim, therefore, is similar to their mission here on Eretz Earth. Ha-Satan is a title rather than a name. It addresses the adversary, the antagonist, the accuser. And while he is a Malak, the other spiritual representative in the meeting was still attuned to God. Satan, on the other hand, was being, well, Satan, accusing and um, opposing, while antagonizing in an adversarial fashion. Yosef ben Yasodak is was his target, the devil's title in this particular situation, also serves as a verb. Then it was Zachariah who witnessed Yahweh, Ga'ar, rebuking and reprimanding the abhorrent nature of the adversary. God demonstrated his disapproval by stating that Satan was wrong, horrors the devil's corrupt nature, as should we. The Accuser, so after excoriating the accuser, Yahweh revealed his preference, which is for his actions to do the talking. It would be in Jerusalem, the source of guidance on reconciliation, that he would fulfill Pesach, Matzah, Bakodim, and Shabuah, thereby muting Satan's accusations. So this Yosha was not among the most reputable men. Yahweh referred to him as a ood. That's a bent stick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone that is used to stir the flames. Combustible, this firebrand, would have to be not solved, snatched away to be spared from the fire. In other words, Yahweh would have to save him from himself in order (laughs) to spare the people. Got to use people. Yep. So with Natsal, yes, spoken in the hopeful passive participle, 
Yahweh will force the issue in a highly demonstrable fashion. Well, it will have been true that Yosha ben Yosha Sadak will have done nothing to deserve it. With the mercy seek of the Ark of the Covenant set inside the restored temple, Yahweh wants a cleansed priest to follow his Torah instructions on Yom Kippurim and reconcile his relationship with Yisrael and Yahudah. Now, before we go to uh, the next statement, Kirk, I know you spent some time trying to uh, ascertain what was being said here and how it's being interpreted. What did you uh, learn? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I looked up uh, and I mentioned earlier was that I wanted to make sure that when you when you read all the commentators on what they're saying and they're all pointing to a different Yosha, uh, then I looked up where Yosha is written in the entire Torah, which is two hundred and um, uh, what is it, two hundred nine times, two hundred eighteen times, and you can dismiss the Yosha first of all the two hundred nine times that's Yosha ben Nun. Historical figure, we know what he was, what he did, and this is not him. Then we have two yeah, times. No, no, I found Yosha these... Ben Nun was uh, was Moshe's successor. He Moshe. is, yeah, right. he is. Uh, he led uh, the children of Israel into the Promised into Land, Israel. and Yosha Ben yeah. Nun's role was to be a fighter. He defended the people. Mm-hmm. He he was a fighter, um, and mm-hmm. so it's a very different character that is being presented through. Yosha ben Nun, uh, Moshe's successor. And of course, that would be someone that cannot point to Jesus because A, he was a warrior, and B, he was the, the person that uh, completed the, the Torah, uh, describing what finally uh, occurred through, uh, through Moshe. And he was obviously one of those who was with Moshe Hardly as Yahweh was delivering the, uh, the Torah. So he doesn't fit the Christian uh, Jesus any better no. than uh, than this fellow does, Yosha uh, ben uh, Yahweh Sadak. Because if mm-hmm. Yahweh Sadak uh, uh, and uh, and Yahweh saves, the two names are understood. You can't get Jesus from there. No. <laughs> You'll find uh, Yosha listed twice under Yosha Beth Shemesh. And then if you do the etymology on that or you do the, uh, look up the lexicons on that, you'll find Shemesh is the sun god, sun temple uh, worship. Uh, it is the minister of the sun worship, and um, it also means hot wind from the sun that causes desolation and to desolate or to dry up, to be dried up inside. So uh, that's not Yosha, Jesus. So you mm-hmm. can dismiss, dismiss him. Uh, as well, and then you're left with the other nine times, which are are the one that we're speaking of now in Zechariah three six. And so, when you get to the commentary, they would all have you believe um, this is a symbol of uh, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. They mention uh, part of the Trinity, the High Priest, the Messiah, even the branch, which is absurd. And um, and all that uh, returns on. Yeah. A couple, there's a couple of problems with that. Is that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been if he was the son of God. He would have been Yosha ben Yahweh. Yeah. Uh, but but he was not. Uh, no. That's first. Second, this was an actual historic character. Right. And, and he was tainted. Uh, third is that 
Yosha was not the son of God. Fourth, Yosha was not the Christ, much less the Masayak Messiah. Mm -hmm. So we do have some problems with that theory. Well, there's, there's also, uh, he was, uh, Yosha was uh, Torah observant. He had to be uh, and, Torah observant, so he had he to be not upright. A, and, he was not, and he was not a priest. Yes, and he wasn't that high. high priest. <laughs> so I went to that, and I, I tried to figure out what the Christians are claiming uh, and how they could get that, uh, how they would use that as a symbol without sounding totally ridiculous. And now that took me an hour. You know, just mm-hmm. looking up each one of them, reading which one. So, I mean, and these, and the one people I read are some of the most, uh, are recognized as some of the finest theologians in Christendom. So, mm-hmm. give me a break. How do, how do you come up with that and twist like this? And then if he, what I also say to who? You have to be irrational told, and poorly informed. Yeah. You one of the two, or, or, yeah. or deliberately deceitful. Yeah. Because who's uh, and then why did he have dirty robes? If he's Torah observant, he's just celebrated the, the last Moed Mikra before he's crucified, such etc. But he was always Torah observant, always walking the path towards home, um, and uh, and sharing his knowledge. Then, so under what situation could you possibly make this man into him? You can't, Correct. and it's Correct. absurd. So, uh, yeah. All right, so uh, there's another comment, by the way, in the chat room. People are confused because the show started early and uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the timing clock uh, only shows 18 minutes of, uh, of broadcast uh, time. So it's we are really uh, confusing everybody. And the, the reason is that uh, Blog Talk Radio uh, had a, a hiccup. They uh, did not show our show as being uh, scheduled. And then finally, as we were in the midst of this, it finally came up as a scheduled show. And um, so we started uh, 30 minutes early, but with a truncated show. So we're doing the best we can to get a program in, uh, but it uh, is uh, highly uh, abnormal. So what follows is a rather ugly picture. Now, Yosha was clothed in filthy garments covered in offensive excrement, treacherous dung-fouled apparel, robes soaked in deceitful human waste, while present before the appearance of the spiritual being, the Malak. Then the spiritual messenger responded and spoke to those who were present before him, saying, Remove these offensive robes soaked in soaked in disgusting human waste from upon him. And he said to him, Look, I have disrobed you, having removed from upon you your perversity and depravity. And now I will clothe you in that which is removed and withdrawn. Well, for the, this is Yosha, you got a heck of a problem. One is uh, the uh, Pesach lamb is not responsible for, uh, for uh, being covered. There is no instruction to cover the Pesach lamb and dung. Uh, second, uh, it says, I have removed your perversity and depravity mm-hmm. from you. 
Well, the Passover lamb has to be perfect, so he can't have Mm -hmm. any perversity and depravity because he would have accepted ours. So this can't be Jesus. But now, if you go to the actual high priest, the high priests were all scallywags, starting with the first of them, Mm. Aaron. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, all scallywags, no yeah, and it was uh, it was a job that was highly coveted. As a matter of fact, rabbinical Judaism is based upon uh, Jews deciding that they didn't like Yahweh's plan of having Cohen priests, no, because they wanted to be in charge of choosing who was going to be over the people, and so they came up with made up the concept of rabbi. And the head rabbi now is, uh, is replaced the high priest, at least in the rabbis. Yeah. 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 So the spiritual messenger is saying, this guy is covered in, in dung. And I am going to disrobe him, and I'm going to remove Yosha's perversity and depravity. From... God's perspective, the political and religious are covered in their own excrement. Therefore, to enter Yahweh's presence, we need to have this dung removed. In this case, since the high priest was symbolic of the temple being restored to properly usher in Yom Kippurim upon the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, the Malak was responsible for removing the filth, (laughs) i.e. the Dome of the Rock and Al-Asqa mosque in addition to uh, all other religious corruption the replacement apparel would represent would represent having the stain the stench and the stigma of religion and politics removed and withdrawn it would be a cloak of deliverance so at this point in the neck in the narration zachariah has become more than a witness he is now offering advice Having read the Torah, in particular the 16th chapter of Kara, called out, he has figured out exactly what Yahweh is accomplishing on behalf of the high priest and his people. And this is what triggered me. Okay, mm-hmm. Yahweh likes to involve his people into his message. So Yashaya, Zachariah, Yermaya, they weren't tape recorders. Even Chabauk has a role. They interject their own perspective, their own commentary into their reporting. And so it became obvious here that Zachariah figured it out. If Zachariah could figure it out, why couldn't we figure it out? Right. And so that's when I said, okay, I'm going to figure out what they're talking about here. And it was there for the taking. But, you know, that's kind of where you started. You you, you, you said, how could Yoshi, we were talking about uh, Yoshi a minute ago, how can how can he die for his own, he's yes. dying if, if that's true, he's dying of his own sins. He ain't dying for me. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so that where triggered, I started. That triggered that to trigger the thing and trigger the thing. Right. And that, and yeah, that's why so I started 20 years ago or, when I... Yeah. Uh, the, the most misappropriated prophecy and of all of them, uh, which is uh, Second Samuel, Samuel uh, seven, uh, which is 
of Dode and only of Dode. And when the English Bible says that when uh, he sends, I will not spare the uh, the rod. Spare the rod, and, yeah. Yeah, and the punishment. So I say, well, if he sends, then he ain't the perfect Passover lamb. Something's wrong here. Um, and so uh, it, it doesn't say that at all. But that's how I began. And so I was right back into that kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, we all come to the same conclusion at the uh, – So I think we'll all come to the same conclusion in this review. So we'll turn to the Torah and consider one of the most relevant, uh, relevant explanations of Yom Kippur. Um, and we're going to examine – specifically what Yah wanted done on this day. And by doing so, we will not only come to understand the prophecy and appreciate its role in the fulfillment of the Day of Reconciliations, but we'll come to appreciate its purpose all the more. So this is Zacharias' comment. He says, And I said, Zacharias speaking, Let there be a clean wrap placed upon his head. Therefore, they put the clean and disinfected headdress over his head. And so they clothed him, dressing him in garments while the spiritual messenger of Yahweh was present. Now, this symbolic episode playing out before Zachariah uh, and with Zachariah commenting on it, is devastating for both Judaism and Christianity. The rabbis teach that sin cannot be removed by another, which is incompatible with what Zachariah witnessed. It is mm-hmm. uh, so matter-of-fact in this illustration, a Malak spiritual messenger was able to accomplish a bar awon with a simple declaration. Further, with a bar serving to explain Pesach Passover and Shemoth Exodus 12.23, the Herodim forfeit the benefit. The moral of the story is that the temple is being restored on Yom Kippur. Therefore, Yahweh wants the high priest to perform as prescribed in the Torah regarding to the Kippurah, mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. For that to occur, the Kohen must be restored and cleansed. And that story is told in Kara 16. Twistians have a bigger issue because this is the only time Yosha appears in a prophecy. You hear that? It is the only time Yosha appears in any prophecy. And this fellow was as far from godly as they come. He is covered in deceitful excrement, and it's of his own doing. Further, he is nothing more than a bent stick stirring the fire. If this were not enough to dissuade Christian apologists, which obviously didn't based upon your research, (laughs) that that this Yosha was their Jesus, 
the malak removed the consequence of him being perverted and wrong. Nonetheless, if you do as uh, I have done in the past and consider the Twistian viewpoint, they have transformed this filthy fellow into their god. And you uh, verified that. Yes. It's pathetic. At this point, following the cure, we transition to the uh, accompanying uh, promises. Then the spiritual messenger of Yahweh testified to Yoshin. <laughs> I wanted here to tell you that if Yosha were <clears throat> the son of God, then Malak, I just say Malak aren't, uh, aren't uh, admonishing him. <laughs> no. But nonetheless, okay, so the spiritual messenger of Yahweh testified. Uh, Ud, admonished and declared as a witness representing the restoring message to Yosha, saying, this is what Yahweh of the spiritual messenger says. If you walk in my ways, and if you observe, closely examining and carefully considering my requirements, then accordingly you will be able to distinguish, distinguish between right and wrong within my house and family. And also, you will be able to observe and attend to my villages and settlements. I will provide you access such that you understand those who are present standing here. Zachariah, remember Yah, Zechariah 3.7. Okay, so let's just completely dispense with the absurd notion that uh, this fellow, yeah, this fellow is yeah. JC, because the spiritual messenger of Yahweh is lecturing him, and oh, he's not told. only lecturing him; he's saying, "Hey, pal, you know, if you get your act together and you walk in the ways of Yahweh, and if you closely examine and and carefully consider, carefully consider. Yahweh's requirements." Then you'll be able to distinguish between right and wrong, which says that he wasn't walking in Yahweh's ways and that he had no concept of right and wrong. So much for being God, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. And you'll be able to uh, attend to uh, my, uh, my folks, even the courtyards. Uh, which serve as the approach to uh, my temple. And I will provide you with access such that you understand those who are present standing here. So he didn't get it. He didn't understand. Zachariah got it. He understood why each of those people were standing there and what this story was being presented to accomplish. But uh, the uh, Yosha, the high priest was obviously clueless. And so he's saying, if you want to understand that this is what you need to do, you need to change your perspective so that you're walking in Yahweh's requirements. So, God's message is consistent. To live with him, we must walk to him along the path he has provided. To be included within the covenant, there are requirements we must accept. The more observant we become, the easier it is for us to distinguish between right and wrong. 
Further, we learn by making connections which lead to understanding. Ultimately, all of this leads to us being able to understand the insights being presented by Yahweh, his prophets, and his Malak spiritual messengers. Now, before I read the, the next statement, the blog talk radio is saying that even though we tried to book an hour and a half, that we have three minutes and 31 seconds left. I'm assuming that we will no longer be broadcasting when that time clicks down, but we will still be recording, and those who are listening on their phones will still be able to hear us, and I'm hoping that the show uh, goes into the normal archive mode so it can be posted on the various sites where 99% of the family listen uh, uh, anyway. So let's hope all of that occurs. We'll continue. And if we find out that the, the show was a bust from the point of view, we had a nice time, and there are a number of people listening to us and in the, the chat room. Uh, but if we find out that uh, this was just a fun time for us, but we didn't get a good recording, we'll cover this material again because, well, frankly, it is really provocative. It's interesting. Uh, I find that this story is really entertaining. Uh, it's, 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 God's a wonderful storyteller, and this story is not only insightful, but it's entertaining. This is one of the, the most fun passages uh, that I can recall trying to, uh, to translate, although I, the, the one about the two witnesses is uh, also fun. So it says, please listen. Yosha as the high priest, you and your loud-mouthed associates, including those who have inhabited this office before you, are individually symbolic because, indeed, behold, I myself will return and bring my co-worker the branch. Okay, that's it. If your eyes are open, if you're not just all gummed up with religion, it's been explained to us. God is saying that Yosha the high priest is like all of the other high priests and all of the tagalongs. He's loud-mouthed. He's wearisome. It's it's ata wa rea ata. Uh, all the raw words. You've done this before. All the raw words are bad. Oh yeah. Wicked. Oh yeah. That's undesirable. <clears throat> Ill repute. Functional crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Including those who have inhabited this office before you. God is mm-hmm. affirming that it goes all the way back to Aaron. Aaron was a scallywag. Bad news, man. He's lucky he's alive. But keep in mind, you are symbolic. I am using you as a symbol of everything that's wrong with the high priest because I myself, Yahweh speaking, I'm returning and I'm bringing my co-worker, the branch, with me. How many times does Yahweh refer to Dode as A, his co-worker, and B, the branch? Well, I will tell you, the branch is used more often in conjunction with Dode Mm -hmm. than any other symbol. And God speaks of him being 
his servant and co-worker more than any other individual. So you can't, if you can't figure that one out, you're in trouble. Plus the fact God's told us that he is going to return with Dode with and no one Dode. else but Dode. Right. So there's your answer. I have and one quick that's question. That's powerful. That tells you mm-hmm. that the entire story about Yosha Yao Sadak is being used symbolically to explain what Yahweh is going to do with his son, the actual Messiah, Dode, upon his return to facilitate the proper fulfillment of Yom Kippur. Hmm. Now, folks, that is really profound because it also mm-hmm. ties the Kippurath, mercy seat of the covenant, with the fulfillment of Yom Kippur. Now, the high priests of yesteryear and tomorrow perform a symbolic role, especially on Yom Kippur with regard to the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. Other than Moshe's brother and perhaps uh, Hilkiah, who found a copy of the Torah, they are relatively meaningless players throughout the Torah and prophets. What is meaningful is that Yahweh is returning and he's bringing the branch who is dowed with him. Just as Yahweh etched two stone tablets for his people 3,450 years ago, he is revealing that he will soon inscribe another. Upon it, there will be seven insightful promises. I suspect they will be quite similar to those he promised the Choder from the aforementioned branch in Yashaya, Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. Truly, pay attention. Because the stone, which for the benefit of the relationship, I have placed before Yosha, there are seven eyes representing insightful promises on a single stone. Look and see. I myself will openly engrave its inscription, prophetically declares Yahweh, of the spiritual implements. Then I will remove the perversity and depravity of those in this land in a single day. So why was Yosha ben Yahweh being cleaned up? Why was the human excrement, the stigma and stain and stench of religion and politics being removed from him? Why was he had this, this restoring headband put around his head? Because he was also symbolic of cleaning up Yisrael so that Yisrael could return to fellowship with Yahweh and it's mm-hmm. been their head that was the most damaged. And so, Zachariah said, let me go That's get the bandage. Yes, yes. Let me go get the bandage for the head. Yeah, let's okay? get a big bandage for hey, you might, You know, clean him up. I, I'm not touching that because that stuff really stinks. Uh, but, but, but once you do, I, I'll get the bandage for his head. That's so in a single day, Yahweh says, I'm going to remove the perversity and depravity from those in the land. 
Well, the land is Yisrael. The day that he is returning to accomplish this is Yom Kippur. It's the day of reconciliations. Perversity and depravity is removed when the blood of the goat is sprinkled on the Kippurath, mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. That's quite an insightful yeah. promise. Yes, sir. Yahweh removed the perversity and depravity yeah. from his covenant family during Batzah, and he will do so uh, again for Yisrael and Yahuda on Kippurim. Uh, this is such an interesting um, perspective. Uh, it's one that it took me the longest time to, uh, to get. All right. So the most important day on the calendar for you and me is matzah. That's why it's chog matzah. Pesach is part of matzah. Bukurim is part of matzah. Chog matzah is the most important day on the calendar for you and me. Absolutely. For Yahweh, the most important day on the calendar is Yom Kippurim. I want to tell you, mm-hmm. matzah was no fun for Yahweh. That's the most no. miserable experience of his entire existence. Yom Kippur is the most joyous. And so it's really important to understand the difference between these two, that we are cleansed of the stench of religion and politics on matzah to be part of Yahweh's covenant family so that we can receive the empowering and enriching and enlightening benefits on Shabuah which equip us to be affected troubadours on Teruah so that we can convey his message with the intent of calling Yisrael back home because Yisrael's day to be reconciled with Yahweh is Kippurim. Our job is just to point to it. Their job Mm -hmm. is to show up. And when they show up, they still stink to high heaven because they've been religious right to the very end. They've been political right to the very end. And so God is going to deal with Kippurim as he intended to be a cleansing holiday for his family. A marvelous story. Mm-hmm. Yahweh removed the perversity and depravity from us on matzah, from them on Kippurim. In that day, Yahweh of the heavenly envoys announces prior to it occurring, each individual will invite the approach of his fellow countrymen to be under the trindle of the vine and beneath the fig tree. Now the vine and the fig are symbolic of the people being restored and returning mm-hmm. to the land of Israel, we should expect to see Dodes garden flourishing again. Mm-hmm. Now, before we venture into the instructions that Yahweh offered to us such that we may more fully appreciate this prophecy, understand that the purpose of the high priest, it's understanding that is, helps us appreciate why Satan was so set in denouncing him. Desperate to stop him. Sure. I mean, 
why would you begin this prelude to Yosha with Satan's name being mentioned three times and the verb that describes his, uh, Satan's title being mentioned three times, and the verb that describes his very nature used in conjunction with it. There's no other place mm-hmm. that that occurs. No I would other. Say not, yeah. No, I probably, yeah, I see your point. Hey, yeah. Satan doesn't even get mentioned by title in the Barashith account. He's just referred to as a serpent. Here, that's his title, that's his role, and he's mentioned four times in the opening statement. Why? Because if he prevailed, if there isn't someone to fulfill the purpose of Yom Kippurim, then Yisrael can't be restored. There is no day of reconciliations. Then, now this is a recap of where we have just been. Then he showed me, Yosha the high priest. He was present before the spiritual implement of Yahweh. Hasatan, the adversary, was standing at his right side in opposition to him, accursing and antagonizing him, slandering him in adversarial fashion. That is Satan. Who? That's the verbal form. Mm-hmm. And Yahweh said to Satan, the title now is Hasatan, the adversary, Yahweh has decided to rebuke you and reprimand you because he finds you abhorrent. Hasatan, Satan. Yahweh wants you to know that you are wrong. Hasatan, Satan. Yahweh is the one who has chosen Jerusalem the source of guidance on reconciliation to censure and criticize you, exposing your propensity to corrupt, even though this fellow is a bent stick used to stir the flames, who will have to be snatched away and spared from the fire. And now, Yosha was clothed in filthy garments, covered in offensive excrement, while present before the appearance of the spiritual being. Then the spiritual messenger responded and spoke to those who were present, saying, Remove these offensive ropes, soaked in disgusting human waste, from upon him. And he said to him, Look, I have disrobed you, having removed from upon you your perversity and depravity. And now I will clothe you in that which is removed and withdrawn. And I said, let there be a clean wrap placed upon his head. Therefore, they put the clean and and disinfected headdress over his head. And so they clothed him, dressing him in garments while the spiritual messenger of Yahweh was present. Then the spiritual messenger, the Malach of Yahweh, testified to Yosha, saying, This is what Yahweh of the spiritual messenger says. If you walk in my ways and if you observe closely examining and carefully considering my requirements, then accordingly you will be able to distinguish between right and wrong within my house and family. And also you'll be able to observe and attend to 
my courtyards approaching my home. I will provide you with access such that you understand those who are present standing here. Just a possibility that uh, Chatser Ani, which is my courtyards approaching my home, it's Mm -hmm. towns, villages, small numbers of people. That this is just another reference to there are not going to be a lot of Yehudim and Israelites returning on Yom Kippurim. There won't be vast quantities. Yosha, please listen as the high priest, you and your loud-mouthed and worrisome associates, including those who have inhabited this office before you, are individually symbolic because indeed, Behold, I myself will return and bring my co-worker at the branch with me. I'm using you as a symbol. I got this under control. I'm going to do it my way. Mm -hmm. Pay attention. Because the stone, which for the benefit of the relationship I have placed before, Yosha, there are seven eyes representing insightful promises on this single stone. Look and see. I myself will openly engrave its inscription, prophetically declares Yahweh of the spiritual implements. Then I will remove the perversity and the depravity, especially the desire to corrupt of those in the land in a single day. In that day, Yahweh of the heavenly envoys announces prior to it occurring, each individual will invite and summon the approach of his fellow countrymen to be under the trindle and vine and to beneath the fig tree. Zechariah 3.10 If the adversary had prevailed in his denunciation of the high priest, preventing him from fulfilling his purpose on Yom Kippur, then there would be no reconciliation. Even Yahweh will not and cannot invalidate his Torah instructions. He provided a means to resolve priestly corruptions such that they could do what was required on behalf of Yisrael on this day. Now, this is, I think, is uh, absolutely fascinating. The key to understanding is beyond. It's making connections. And so it is by comparing Zechariah 3 to Kara 16 that we come to appreciate Yahweh's intent on Yom Kippur, the day of reconciliations, upon God's return in year 6000 Yah, sunset in Jerusalem, October 2nd, 2033. Yahweh had assigned Aaron... Aaron, the responsibility of uh, serving as the high priest. The distinction was by default and not deserved. Aaron had sullied himself with the worst of religion when Mm -hmm. he had participated in, actually encouraged the creation and worship of the golden calf, a bull made of gold. So Yahweh devised a remedy tailored for this man, which was symbolic 
of what he would come to represent. Bullcrap. In addition, with the death of his sons for presumptuously violating Yahweh's protocols, God underscored his disdain for men claiming authorization they do not actually possess. Here, here. Boy, this is quite a story. Then Yahweh spoke mm-hmm. to Moshe. Then Yahweh spoke to Moshe immediately after the death of Aaron's two sons, when they approached the presence of Yahweh and died. Therefore, if you approach the presence of Yahweh and die, that's not the proper. Yeah, that good. is not the proper way. Therefore, Yahweh said to Moshe, speak to Aaron, your brother, so that he does not come at any time to the set-apart place of the home through the curtain to the presence of the mercy seat, which provides the benefits of the relationship upon the ark. That way, he will not die. That's pretty clear. Oh, by the way, the mercy seat is Kaporeth. It's the place of reconciliation from Kafar to purge and cover over, providing atonement and reconciliation. It is the singular of Kaporam. Indeed, I will appear and I will be visible above the Kaporeth, the mercy seat. And this Aaron, which means the alternative, will come to the set-apart place with what did um, Aaron encourage the children of Israel to make? Don't come, don't come with a gold calf. Yeah, a bull. He's going to come to the set-apart place with a bull from the herd. Bapar ben Bakar which means uh, it represents that which is broken and frustrating because it is in violation of the agreement and divisive consideration. So he's going to come with a bull from the herd for being wrong and for missing the way, as well as a lamb, to rise. We have been prepared to exist in the presence of Yahweh. Uh, Something that we must do, that Yahweh has provided the way, we must act upon it. His sons, Aaron's sons, were not, and so they died. The same thing would not happen or happen today if someone approached the mercy seat because Yahweh's presence is no longer hovering above it. Yahweh refers to what we are prone to call a temple, uh, his Bereth home. He views it as a place for his family to live. As beneficiaries of the covenant and Mikre, we are prepared to enjoy our father's company. The Ark of the Covenant, which is designed to reside in the most set-apart place within Yahweh's home. Within it, uh, we would find the two tablets beside it, the original scroll of the Torah. The top cover of this chest is a seat. It's a seat of honor. 
with mm-hmm. a cherub wings along the back and the side, showing that we will become like these spiritual envoys. Um, uh, we get our wings, if you will. Mm-hmm. It is symbolic of the covenant with the kaporeth serving as the means to fulfill kaporum. It is where Yisrael is reconciled. Knowing that Aaron had been wrong with the golden calf, Yahweh designed uh, a remedy which would underscore his uh, distaste for her religion. A bapar ben bakar, representing that which is broken and frustrating because it is a violation of the agreement and divisive, would be offered for consideration so that we would appreciate how religion has caused so many to be la chata, to be wrong, to miss the way. Cleansed of religion with the Al, the protector of the flock leading to Passover's doorway via the lamb, we would be prepared to law, ascent to God. All right, linen is uh, comprised of the fibers of flax, the flower which blooms uh, bright blue to usher in Pesach, Matzah, and Bakotam. It is also from the flax that the wicks on the menorah would be fabricated, providing light. The flowing garments would then be as uh, indicative of being dressed in light and having been cleansed by Chag Chag Matzah. That's as symbolic as uh, these words allow. Mm -hmm. In addition, this is where Zachariah came to realize that after the high priest was cleansed and dressed, he would need a headband. He had read his Torah. It reads, he should wear a covering of linen, which is set apart. The linen undergarments shall be on his body, along with a linen sash, which he shall tie and wear in addition to a linen headband. He should wrap these set-apart garments around himself, so he should bathe his body in the waters and then put the clothing on. Then, from the community of eternal and restoring witnesses of the children of Yisrael. He should acquire two tempestuous goats, Shanaim, Shair Etz, a pair of shaggy and devilish, stubborn and demonic goats for being wrong and for missing the way, but only one lamb to ascend. Aaron should approach with a bull. Perfect for Aaron, for having been wrong and missed the way. As a benefit of the relationship for himself, and he shall provide reconciliation through this for himself and for his house and family. So, Kirk, this is a... uh, Mm -hmm. Marvelous, just so far, explanation of exactly what needed to transpire for uh, Yom Kippurim to be properly fulfilled and why the high priest was viewed as so uh, um, 
inappropriate, yes. needed to be cleansed to perform the role, why the headband was uh, mentioned, uh, and uh, why these particular elements were being chosen uh, by God. Indeed. Uh, it was the perfect, yeah, was, not only for Aaron, but for Israel. Go ahead. Yes. No, I was, I was sitting here thinking, so Paul figured out that the Torah came safe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I beg your pardon? Yeah. Oh, God, what a... So it is a marvelous, yes, uh, marvelous presentation, and these two things need to be understood together. And, you know, yeah. uh, I remember uh, my son Blake was uh, at Westmont, mm-hmm. and one of the classes he had to take was uh, on uh, the uh, two classes, one on the Old Testament, one on the New Testament. And uh, uh, he had a uh, professor that uh, was one of the uh, translators of uh the new living uh translation uh oh, which wow. is which is <laughs> not, it's a new, new it's more more of a novel than it is anything else but nonetheless when this guy's favorite line used to be uh leviticus why bother leviticus why bother he hated it he says oh why bother with that that's yeah that's a that is an absolute waste of uh of time well if you're going to understand what's taking place and who the characters are and why they're being mentioned and who, who's symbolical of what, you really need to know mm-hmm. what's said in, uh, in Kara called out Leviticus. Not to mention that uh, this is where Yahweh's Moed Mikra are presented. Yeah. So Israel's calling is to be Ida, the community of eternal and restoring witnesses who communicate the enduring testimony of Yahweh process with the cleansing of the high priest and resolving his propensity to be wrong was designed to facilitate the restoration of the children of Israel. From the bull to the lamb and the scapegoat and from the linen apparel to the purpose of the mercy seat, the process underlying Yom Kippurim is being presented for our contemplation and consideration. And it is by understanding these Torah instructions that we can appreciate the scene and how it played out in heaven before Zachariah. Yahweh wants all of this, every word acted out on behalf of Yisrael upon his return. It reads, Then he shall grasp hold of the two tempestuous goats and present them before the presence of Yahweh at the entrance of the shining and clear tent of the eternal witness and restoring testimony of the appointed meeting. And Aaron should provide an opportunity with lots, determining the outcome for the two stubborn goats, with one to approach Yahweh and the other lot as the scapegoat. Aaron should approach with the devilish goat, which, for the benefit of the relationship, the lot ascended upon to approach Yahweh. It will act as the resolution for having been wrong and missing the way. The stubborn and devilish goat, which, to show the way 
to get the most out of life, the lot ascended upon as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the presence of Yahweh. And this is to provide reconciliation with it dispatched and sent away with it as the scapegoat into the wilderness, the place where the word is questioned. All right. The idea of a scapegoat was ingenious, something that everyone could understand. Moreover, using a stubborn and tempestuous goat rather than a lamb would drive the point home. Goats are hard-headed. Yes, uh, goats are imp- darn near impossible to shepherd. Lambs are responsive. They recognize their name. They come when called. They recognize their shepherd. They work together as a unit. They're exceedingly sociable. Goats and sheep are very different critters. And so this was the scapegoat representing Israel. Similarly, it would have been impossible for Aaron and the chief priests after him to miss the significance of the bull, especially after the episode of the golden calf. Mm. Yeah. Aaron should approach with the bull for being wrong and having missed the way for his benefit and for the purpose of reconciliation. Through this for himself, and for his house and his family. And he should prepare the bull to be cooked and consumed as the resolution for having been wrong for his benefit. And he should obtain some of the blood of the bull with his finger on the face of the mercy seat. And he says specifically on the eastern side which is the orientation from sunrise and the beginning of a new day. Mm-hmm. Then toward the front of the mercy seat, the kaporeth, he should sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. And he should prepare the goat to be cooked and consumed to provide the means to resolve inequity and, and pardon sin for having gone astray for the benefit of the people turn with its blood towards that which is part of the house through the curtain and do with the blood as he did with the blood of the bull upon the kaporeth mercy seat and towards the mercy seat thereby he shall provide reconciliation upon the set-apart place as a result of the immunity in uh, the impurity, I should okay. say, and the filthiness of the children of Israel, and as a result of their religious rebellion and political defiance, it will be resolved, along with the realization that they have been totally wrong and have wandered away. Therefore, he should act accordingly, doing this to approach the shining and clear tent of the eternal witness and restoring testimony of the appointed meeting, the Moed, which is inhabited and abides with them in the midst 
of their impurity and filthiness. <coughs> Kara called out Leviticus 16:16. 16, 16. Quite a picture. Okay. I love it. It ties in. I mean, it just tells you everything. We this is why. If you read this, you'd know. That's why Zachariah knew it. Wow, brilliant. Yes, it is why Zachariah was able to contribute. It's why he understood it. <clears throat> and it's why once we get into the presentation of this, we understand it. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is the plan that God came up with to resolve the religious rebellion of his people. The bull and the scapegoat. Yeah, the Passover lamb is for all of us. Mm-hmm. The bull and the scapegoat, that's just for Israel. And um, it, it's on the mercy seat. We need to understand the role the Ark of the Covenant plays. Now, the Ark of the Covenant held the ten statements which explain the terms and conditions and the benefits mm-hmm. of the covenant. And Correct. resting beside it, always associated with it, was the original autograph of the Torah, God's teaching and guidance. And the top of it was a seat with wings, named after the day of reconciliation, Jom Kippur. Yeah. Um, it's such a clear picture of what God intended. And uh, let's be clear, too. Dode was told that he could not build the house of Yahweh for one reason. He had blood on his hands. On his hands, yeah. Yeah. Where is the blood uh, go before it's sprinkled on the seat? On the hands. On the fingers, right? Exactly. Fingertips, yeah. So God was prophetically telling us this is the role that Dode is going to play on our behalf. So, Wow. What connections? I'm really honest again. Wow. Yeah, it's I'm, such a I'm marvelous impressed. story, and it does such, such a wonderful amazing. job of explaining God's purpose with his people on, uh, on this day and how he intends to fulfill Kippurim in a manner that is consistent with the Torah. And these insights are so essential to our understanding of the day, of God's mindset, of how he's going to use Dode, of how he uh, conveys prophecies to us, how we go about putting the pieces together so that we can understand. And it's a joy to be able to do this. And, oh, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> my voice well, is beginning to, uh, to give out, no, I'm so uh, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, Bid uh, bid you a good night. If you've got something you'd like to add at this point, uh, no, I, I go right saying, ahead. At the, very, at, at the very end of this, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about the 19th uh, Psalm, seven, verse 7, where the, and just the tail end of it, you know, alone is, is where not only is the testimony trustworthy, but making understanding and obtaining wisdom simple for the open-minded and receptive. And we started off with people who just will not, do not have an open mind, closed mind completely. Correct. Uh, and and if you just study this stuff, he, he said, I'll, "It's so it's so it's not simple in the sense that it's a simple story, but it's it's if you if you read it, and make the connections, it's all there for you. It is. You, you don't. It is. You know, so and it's not hidden. It was 
No, it was it's an all open book there. Test, as you always say, and it's right there. Right, and you I'm, know when when Zachariah says uh, he needs to to be redressed, uh, and he needs to have this headband. Well, it should have <clears throat> uh, it should have with everybody that's reading it says, "Whoa, Torah, Torah, Torah." Uh, this whole thing is explained in Kara, uh, the 16th chapter. We need to go there and find out why all of this parallels that account. What is mm-hmm. the role that Aaron plays uh, vis-a-vis the mercy seat, Kaporth, on Kaporum? And how does that apply to this prophetic presentation of the fulfillment of Yom Kaporum? that's presented in Zachariah. Exactly. Particularly when Yahweh says, Yosha, he's symbolic of what I'm going to accomplish because it's me myself that is going to be returning and I'm bringing um, my uh, co-worker, the branch, with me. Yeah. And we, there's a reason that Dode is called the branch. Yeah. <clears throat> Dode is the very much like um, uh, uh, like uh, Moshe it is mm-hmm. an extremely effective <clears throat> orator and uh, and teacher, and <clears throat> and so when Adam and Chawa uh, consumed the fruit of the knowledge of, uh, of good and bad. There's only one remedy for that, and that is knowing how to avail oneself of the tree of lives. Dode is the, as the son of God, as the living embodiment of the covenant, of the, of the one representing Israel. He is the main branch to which we can um, be grafted in and flourish and grow. And so it is all symbolic going right back to Eden and the tree of lives and how Dode, who is returning with Yahweh to restore the nature of, uh, of, of, of Yisrael and Yahudim and to defend and to lead and counsel, them forevermore. Dode is that branch which we can be grafted onto and, uh, and grow. He's the main branch, the the Shemesh. Yeah. Uh, and God's not going to be coy about this. Uh, at the end of this, for those whose eyes are open, he says, oh, by the way, th- this really is about Dode. <laughs> and I'm... <laughs> I'm going to reward those of you who have figured it out, and you're right. It 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 really is about uh, dote. It's so funny, though, of course, that uh, every mention of dote, Christians uh, stealing. Uh, oh yeah, it's always yeah, the prophecies. It's a placeholder for Jesus. Uh, yeah, and saying it's a placeholder for Jesus, that it doesn't really mean dote. Uh, he really does be Jesus, and here it actually has the the basis of the name uh, Jesus, the actual name, which is Yosha. And, and it's misappropriated when it's really speaking of Dode. Even Yosha's name, the one time it's mentioned in a prophecy, it speaks of Dode. That's just uh, God just 
<laughs> playing around with it. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to have some fun with it. Kind of like, I know what you're going to do. Like his elbow, his elbow, uh, his so, his yeah, I can, I can play this cool. same game. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll pick this back up. Uh, we'll find out how well we did in terms of the recording. We have a lot of people that are still listening uh, on the telephone. The chat room is still uh, active. So clearly we did have a – we had success in being able to broadcast and, and communicate. So I'm glad we stuck with it. Um, yes. And we got a program in, even though it was uh, it was less than ideal in terms of its <laughs> of its uh, timing and the way that everything worked. But may Yah bless. Talking about the yeah, yeah. Have a wonderful uh, Shabbat. Uh, may uh, Yah bless you all. Look forward to being with you next week at what will be the regular time for you all. It will not be the regular time for uh, for me, and that uh, I live in a in a place where there is no daylight savings time, where our clocks do not change because we're so far south. The difference between uh, the amount of daylight in the summer and winter is negligible here and that we're in so the well tropics. But, and yeah. so you, we always assume that since we're here, we don't have to pay attention to that stuff because we never change our clocks. Atlantic time mm-hmm. is Atlantic Standard Time. There is no other Atlantic time other than Atlantic Standard Time. So we just assume yeah, we're, we're good to go, right? Well... And mm-hmm. and a show like this that is time to uh, uh, to Eastern Standard Time, eh, not so much. So yeah, uh, now challenge. rather than starting at 7:30 uh, um, Atlantic Time and Eastern Standard Time, I'm starting uh, 8:30 Atlantic Time, which is uh, 7:30 Eastern Standard Time. So uh, there we go. Uh, if you're not confused, like I am. Me. I am confused enough for you. Yes, so is Block Talk Radio. But fortunately, yeah, I was not, and we'll uh, turn to his testimony. And uh, I was just going to say, all the way through this, uh, Zachariah yeah, is so profound and so interesting. Because I'm, you know, I'm chomping at the bit of dying to be able to share um, why you, why me, uh, and uh, the introduction to God right from the beginning, uh, because it is yeah. so profoundly important to us. But uh, so is this. This is the most important day for Yahweh. And yeah. so we're going to spend the time necessary to make our way through uh, Zachariah uh, and even yeah. Malachi, because uh, Zachariah and Malachi are the last two prophets, and the last two prophets focus on this event, uh, the return of mm-hmm. Yahweh with Dode on uh, the Day of Reconciliations on Yom Kippurim. And it is uh, only a day of, uh, of affliction in that... Those who have been opposed to Yahweh's purposes, which would be everyone involved in rabbinic Judaism, Christians, uh, Muslims, uh, socialist, secular humanists, particularly today progressives, eh, they aren't going to like uh, Yahweh's uh, mm. return very much. So uh, mm. there is some there is some affliction going on, but for the covenant family and for reconciled uh, Yehudim and Yisrael. This is the uh, ultimate day of celebration. Terrific. Well, may y'all bless uh, um, and uh, happy um, Shabbat to one and all. And good night. Good night.